Consider, for example, how being identified with a group called females or with a group called males when you were growing up has shaped your ideas of who you are. Growing up as a female or male has influenced not only how you feel about yourself, but also your ideas of what you should attain in life and how you relate to others. Sociologist C. Wright Mills put it this way, The sociological imagination, perspective, enables us to grasp the connection between history and biography. By history, Mills meant that each society is located in a broad stream of events. This gives each society specific characteristics, such as its ideas about the proper roles of men and women. By biography, Mills referred to the specific experiences that give individuals their orientations to life. In short, people don't do what they do because they inherited some internal mechanism, such as instincts. Rather, external influences, our experiences, become part of our thinking and motivation. In short, the society in which we grow up and our particular location in that society lie at the center of what we do and how we think. Consider a newborn baby. As you know, if we were to take the baby away from its U.S. parents and place it with the Yanomamo Indians in the jungles of South America, when the child began to speak, his or her words would not be in English. You also know that the child would not think like an American. The child would not grow up wanting credit cards, for example, or designer clothes, a car, a cell phone, an iPod, or the latest video game. He or she would take his place in the Yanomano society, perhaps as a food gatherer, a hunter, or a warrior, and wouldn't even know about the world left behind at birth. And whether male or female, the child would grow up assuming that it's natural to want many children, not debating whether to have one, two, or three children. People around the globe take their particular views of the world for granted. Something inside us Americans tells us that hamburgers are delicious, small families desirable, and designer clothing attractive. Yet something inside some of the Sinai Desert Arab tribes tell them that warm, fresh camel's blood makes a fine drink, and that everyone should have a large family and wear flowing robes. And that something certainly isn't an instinct. As sociologist Peter Berger phrased it, that something is society within us. Although obvious, this point frequently eludes us. We often think and talk about people's behavior as though it were caused by their sex. Men are like that. Their race, they are like that. Or some other factor transmitted by their genes. The sociological perspective helps us escape from this cramped personal view by exposing the broader social context that underlies human behavior. It helps us see the links between what people do and the social settings that shape their behavior. If you've been thinking along with me, and I hope you have, you should be thinking about how your social groups have shaped your ideas and desires. Over and over in this text, you'll see that the way you look at the world is the result of your exposure to specific human groups. I think you'll enjoy the process of self-discovery that sociology offers. The Global Context and the Local As is evident to all of us, from the labels on our clothing that say Hong Kong, Brunei, or Macau, to the many other imported products that have become part of our daily lives, our world has become a global village. How life has changed. Our predecessors lived on isolated farms and in small towns. They grew their own food and made their own goods, buying some sugar, coffee, and a few other items that they couldn't produce. Beyond the borders of their communities lay a world they perceived only dimly. And how slow communications used to be. 
In December 1814, the United States and Great Britain signed a peace treaty to end the War of 1812. Yet two weeks later, their armies fought a major battle in New Orleans. The armed forces there had not heard that the war was over. Even though we can now pick up a telephone or use the Internet to communicate instantly with people anywhere on the planet, we continue to occupy our own little corners of life. Like those of our predecessors, our worlds, too, are marked by differences in family background, religion, job, gender, race, ethnicity, and social class. In these corners, we continue to learn distinctive ways of viewing the world. One of the beautiful and fascinating aspects of sociology is that it enables us to analyze both parts of our current reality, the changes that incorporate us into global network and our unique experiences in our smaller corners of life. In this text, we shall examine both of these vital aspects of